On this week's episode of A Slice of Golf, we discuss whether there's much benefit to putting on a practice screen. We get some handy tips for helping to keep the game more inclusive for all abilities, and I test the chaps on their PGA Tour player knowledge, and it gets pretty tasty. As ever, A Slice of Golf is with me, Ben Fowlis. Me, Tim Williams. And myself, Chris Wright. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome along to a, another episode of A Slice of Golf. It's been a bit of an eventful weekend for two of us. Well, it's an eventful weekend for all three of us, but one for slightly different reasons. Smashing down walls and doing a bit of home renovating. Dipping in and out of Ikea by all accounts. Uh, chaps, how are we getting on? Mr. Wright, I'm coming to you first, buddy, because someone's had a handicap cut. Uh, we, well, I have, but can I just say that was very nice, very, very late night radio DJ voice you just had on to begin <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another slice of golf. Um, yeah, I've had a bloody great weekend golf-wise. So, so um, when I was play, just played play Pine Ridge on, so yesterday, we recorded some Mondays on Sunday with uh, two other guys at Pine Ridge, I, I like it as a course. I always, I always feel quite good about Pine Ridge. I like it as a course. Um, the the preparation for the round was weak. I'll be honest. I got there with about twenty minutes to spare. No warm up. Had my coffee in my mug. Went onto the practice green. Hit a load of putts. Uh, persistent with the claw. Kept, persistent claw. with the claw. Yeah, definitely. Um, and by the way, when I say. Uh, my prep was bad, and I thought I was cutting it fine, being like 20 minutes before the tea time. Five minutes after I arrived, one of the guys arrived, and about 10 minutes after me, the other guy arrived. So I was like, great, none of us are prepared for this round. Um, however, step onto the first tee, and there's three pars. So I was like, right, this is <laughs> this is this is how we do golf. Um, yeah, I'm going to live with you. I So I've been playing off my handicap index is 15.4, 15.6, something like that at the moment. Either way, it worked out that I was playing off 17, which, by the way, is absolutely delightful. Yeah. Um, I haven't played off 17 for uh, a long time. What was I at Chelsea? I might have been 60 at Chelsea. Anyway, 17 was, oh, just just a dream. Knowing that there's only one hole that I actually had to get par on was was excellent. Uh, first hole, bit bit of a dodgy drive, but managed to rescue it with, a, with my iron and then just two putts. Second hole... This is this is when I knew things were going to. I felt like it was going to be a good day. Uh, toppy shitty drive goes about. Well, it wasn't a drive. It was a. It was my hybrid. Went about. I don't know. Fifty yards forwards. Still still in play though. Uh, next shot, I thought right. Probably reached the green still. Uh, topped that. Didn't go into the water. Stopped about. There's like a lake on the second. It goes down the hill. Stopped about. I don't know. Four feet before the water. Uh, third shot, knife to pitching wedge, uh, went no higher than waist height all the way towards the green. And behind the green, there's like a big mound. It rockets into the mound, bounces up in the air, comes back down, rolls back onto the green. I thought, today's my day. Uh, this I've somehow not lost this ball in three of the worst golf shots I've hit in, in a long time. Uh, and then proceeded to went on, go on and hit 10 more pars. I hit 11 pars total over the round. I uh, had a couple of blow up, one, one blob, one blob, one blob and hit 41 points. Oh, to, to be able to hit 41 <laughs> points with, with a blob in there. That's, 
Yeah, that's that's, and, that's quite tasty. And I'm going to level with you. It was front nine. I was very, very aware that I wasn't putting any content onto the socials. And part of me was like, I'm, I'm in the zone here. And I really... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do anything that's going to get me out of the zone. Uh, but that's that's where I think you, you know something's going on. We've, you know, we've said it before. If someone's have, if we're all having a stinker, everyone's in a bad mood. There will be no action on socials. Um, it's, I think action on socials just indicates that it's a pretty average run of the mill round where you're yeah. having a bit of fun. You realise you're not scoring that great, so you're like, yeah, we'll get the camera out. But I, you always know something's like going on when <laughs> you get one story and then that's it for the whole yeah. day. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, it's. I said to I said to Joe on the tenth. I was like, "This is the first time in a year and a half, I reckon, that I've stood on a tee box, relatively confident. I know where the ball is going to go." And I was like, "I honestly have not had that feeling in a year. Like last year was awful golf wise. It was just my handicap was just like point one, point one, going up point one. I was just like, "This is killing me." And yeah, the other day I was just like, "Yeah, it, I wasn't hitting it." The, the the flight with the driver had a weird shape like it was kind of going straight up it straight up good like initially and then it was just kind of like falling out the sky and dropping down and joey was sort of saying oh i wonder if you're somehow hitting down on the ball or whatever and putting too much backspin on it but it was dead like dead straight in play i was like i don't even care like i'm in play i can play from here and then the irons i honestly just stepping up to the ball and being like i'm relatively confident this is going to go where i want it to go and it just oh what a lovely feeling 30, I, I worked out the putts, 33 putts, felt like I was putting okay, one three putt, and that was because I was on a par five in two on the ninth, on the on the green in two, but the pin was tucked behind That's the bunker. two pretty good belts. Yeah, oh, I smacked the drive, was huge, and then a lovely four iron, I think it was, um, just crushed it, but the pin was way on the right, touched behind, and I went way left uh, on the green. But I was like, I'm still further away than I would be if I was like chipping on type thing. Uh, yeah, it was a good day. Co- like confidence was high, mood, golf morale couldn't have been higher for the pint afterwards. I can imagine. Um, and and were, you, were you in the camp of knowing the score and knowing exactly where you were or were you avoiding the scorecard? No, I, I, no I, knew the, I knew the score mainly because I was scoring for the group. So I, and I mean, I, I was very quiet about it. Like I wasn't saying anything, but I knew on the front nine where I think I got six pars on the front nine and I knew I was like three over and I thought, you know what? I feel like I'm having a, a fairly good round. And then, yeah, so I scored 20, 21 points on the front nine. Cool. I thought that doesn't that hasn't happened. You know, there's been rounds that I've not scored 21 points total in the last year and a half. So, um, yeah, now I knew, I, I knew, and I knew coming up. I had a wobble in the middle of the back nine, one blob and one one pointer, and then I was like, no, enough of this shit. Just put the ball in play and crack on. Good work. Oh, very well it. done. So, a handicap has now been cut from what to what. Yeah, not much, which is great, which which is an implication of my last 20 rounds having been absolutely shocking. So went from 15.7 down to 15.2, I think it was. Um, so still 15, which is great. Little baby cut. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very much so. If you turn up to some courses and you're getting a shot of hole, it's, yeah. it's a nice, nice position oh. to be in. I, I, the, the putting felt really, really good, although 33 putts doesn't imply it's much better than previously, but... Putting felt really good. Was draining kind of the 
what I call the kind of the bitch putt range that are like the six foot that you feel like you should be always draining, but don't always drain. And all of them are just standing over and just like, yeah, knock that in, knock that in. Great. Um, the only thing that I think was letting me down was I'd say kind of the 30 to 80 yard range. I just haven't, haven't practiced it. Like haven't done short game. Like, do you know what I mean? I like, just haven't, had, just haven't had the opportunity to do that. Did you get to the range in the past week? No, no, no range. And I, 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 a lot after when we had our major, wherever it was a week and a bit ago on the back nine, I felt really good. Like I was like, Oh, okay. Something's coming. I feel like I'm, I've got a bit of a rhythm in here and kind of almost wanted another nine holes. So I'm, I'm, I was quite happy with how the swing was feeling. So I wasn't too worried about not having range, but I definitely now want to go back to the range and start going, right, this is working great. Keep doing this. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to admit, I, I didn't range over this past week and that it felt a bit crusty standing on the first tee on, on, on the Saturday. And I think you'd, I'll tell you what, the, the um, difference when I don't, that's for sure. Joe Holt scoring 38 points and Lou coming second must have been a bit brutal. Well, considering he scored what about 20, 21 points a mere seven days earlier, yeah, that's quite a turnaround. Yeah, yeah, I did speak to him about this, and like, we had conversations around what happened at Chelsea and why he disappeared off without standing for the prize giving. Uh, <laughs> I did try and rub it in a little bit and be like, "What, what on earth happened?" Uh, he he was striking the ball so well. Like I was like, I don't know how you scored twenty one points. Like he was he was hitting the ball really really well. Just back to being his consistent best. I, I was just very fortunate for, to to have him at a, a real off day. Yeah. And the, the other guy we're playing with, relatively new to the game, um, very, it, was, it was one of these. He's he loves to hit it as freaking hard as he possibly can. Right, just absolutely goes for it. Never ends well when he does it. The whole way around, dramatic. By the way, I, have either, I'm not sure if you've ever played with him. He's dramatically improved, dr- like dramatically improved. Okay. I, I asked him if he bought a putt out or something because his putting was just like normally it goes like 30 feet past. And now he's like he's two putting everything. This is very interesting. What's what's going on here? His his game, anything from eight or nine iron, eight or nine iron in short like short clubs stands over the ball. Really nice setup, really smooth, controlled swing. Ball goes dead straight onto the green. Anything longer than a seven iron, stance changes, tempo changes, goes absolutely wild, absolutely tries to nut it, big fat slice into the trees. And I'm like, me and Joe were just like, dude, just, just take your seven iron, just take an eight iron the whole way around. Like, you'd actually score really well. <laughs> like, yeah. like, just stop, stop having around with everything else. But it was a really interesting thing to see A, the improvement, but B, also like, clearly a mental thing like just get the driver in his hand or a, even like a four iron or whatever and it's just a totally different game to him than the seven iron does that make sense um but it was really cool to see the improvement it was it was really good to see like it mr williams this weekend talk to us what happened uh, well i mean not a lot golf related happened i mean as you kind of trailed at the at the start of the podcast my weekend has basically consisted of um Soaring through walls, cleaning out fireplaces, <laughs> going to IKEA. Um, so not not a huge amount of golf in there, although some interesting developments. So I can't remember if I t- talked about this on on the pod before. Apologies if I have, but um, uh, I'm in the process of moving house, and the new house has an artificial 
turf garden, which is brilliant. Well, I say brilliant. I've not squared this off with uh, my other <laughs> half yet. <laughs> that's amazing for practice. That's, that's made for practice practice swings, right? Yeah. yeah. And putting like, you could probably just cut a little couple of holes in there, make it. Yeah. Like yeah. Green. Um, I, I mean, I'm saying this now. I, I'm 90% sure that's that's not going to be allowed and that's not going to happen. But um, no, so not not a huge amount. Of, so no round for me this weekend. Did go to the range today, however. And trials, not, not, I mean, it's not exactly something new, but something new for me. So um, I purposefully only took 50 balls. Okay. Uh, so I did not go for the 100 ball option because I thought, you know what? Today, I really want to work hard on just a few things and trying to eradicate just a couple of issues from my game. And what I don't want to fall into the trap of doing is buying 100 balls and just feeling like you can just go at it and swing and swing and swing. Every single shot I want to hit today on the range, it needs to be thought about and considered and you need to play it like you would normally do, which um, unsurprisingly does make a difference when you think, right, I can't just take out five balls and just swing as hard as I want and see what happens because uh, I've only got 50 balls to deal with. Um, so that was good, actually. Um, recommend it. Very, so easy to just go and say, yep, definitely the 100 balls. It's a lot of balls to hit in, you know, if you think, if you think about it, 100 balls in, you know, let's face it, you probably normally hit about 100 balls in, what, hour and a quarter yep. when you're at the range. Not particularly true to life. Um, seeing as, you know, if you're trying to get good at this game you're trying to hit well in terms of where we are between a 90 and 80 in the course of four hours usually so a bit different so did that um so yeah working on a few things like i've been playing okay recently but there's definitely a few things i need to sort out so just um just gently quietly working away a few things and then what i did with the resulting time that i had from not having the other 50 balls was um i spent a load of time today on the putting green and I'm really, really, really enjoying putting at the moment. Um, I've not changed my grip for once. Um, I've just kind of, I don't know, sort of settled into a bit of a routine that I just feel really comfy with and a way of putting that I just feel really comfy with. So what I've done is I've sort of, I have a new practice, which is devised from International Putting Ch Championships, trademark the Frey Bantos uh, Invitational Tour. But basically what I do now, I've, I kind of have a little bit, practice and warm up and then i basically play use my putting practice as if i'm playing nine holes so i play a par 18 nine holes on the putting green so, so always putting. always a two a par two on every hole as it were par two on every hole on every hole so you're always going for they're not always sort of long distance putts but they're always sort of quite considerable distance putts because the whole aim is that you're it's it's getting me to a position where hopefully I can put a bit of pressure on yourself and you sort of take the time to sort of look at the reads a little bit better. Um, I actually felt that was a really good way to practice because there was a bit of competition in it, obviously only with yourself. Um, but, you know, you get to a position where, let's say, you all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit, I'm one under. Uh, sorry, I'm one over through three holes. And you think, oh, right, now pressure's on. I need to get back to par. Can't be more than two putting. And I actually found it was a really... It's a really fun way to practice. Um, I think I, I finished my round in an, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, in inverted commas. I like one under for like for like on the passing green. That's pretty solid. 
yeah. which is which is really really good. Um, but I was, yeah, that's generally because I, I was pretty much two putting everything. And managed to get <laughs> one, we, also, we also don't know that his 18th hole was just a one foot gimme putt. Loved it in. No, I, th- I think that's that's you know a good, a good way good way to practice because again it's, it's similar to the range right it's you know you can sit there and just hit putts all day long like you would in the range you just stand there and slam balls but you know ultimately if, if you gamify it and you, and you give yourself a little challenge then I'll, i would be willing to bet that that is a better way to practice than just knocking putts for fun so i quite yeah. like it yeah. i like it no good um right I was out twice this weekend, as we as we spoke about last last week. Um, two contrasting rounds, I think would be fair to say. Uh, on the Saturday, I played at Wanstead Park. All right, uh, great, Nick. I mean, the first thing the the guy said when we got there, pro shop, was like the greens are playing quick. I was like, nice. I like a bit of speed on yeah. the greens. That's absolutely fine. But they were fast. Uh, genuinely, some of the fastest greens I'd I'd ever played. Um, you know, it was fine, but there were occasions where you did think, "Cause <laughs> perfect, I've hit a perfect weight here," and all of a sudden the the ball's six feet past the hole. You're like, "Ah, shit!" Uh, uh, that proved a little bit challenging. Well, I think all in. I think way to best summarise that round of golf was it was a nice walk. That was uh, about <laughs> it. It was a nice walk with two very good friends. Um, <laughs> shite, absolute shite from a golf perspective. <laughs> um, uh, I played with. Uh, it's, it's, all right. it's all right because that wasn't a a tour score, is it? Well, that wasn't a race. <laughs> yeah. Score, so it yeah. Really yeah. So this, um, I played played with two players, uh, brand new to the game. We're talking uh, someone. It's it's like his third ever round of golf or on a golf course. His first one was the other week, um, and because he shot 105, his immediate target was, I'm going to shoot 100, and I was just like, nah, I don't want to be the one to tell him it's not quite as easy as just you know improving every round you play you know a lot of people play a lot of rounds of golf uh, and you know don't break 100 in their first year um but i didn't want to piss on his parade so i didn't say anything um both of the lads play went off 36 which was adjusted to 39 because of uh, of the course wow. you can imagine yeah you know it made it really tough going because it was i was almost rules official and then coach, mm-hmm. and then also trying to keep up with time. And then there were multiple times where just because they'd not played a whole lot, I had to stop mid backswing or when standing over a putt, and I'd just look at them and be like, boys, please shut up. <laughs> just let me hit this shot. Um, and it's, I, it, it's, it's something I, I massively buy into. And I'd only ever noticed it going the other way when people had said that if you want to get better, play with players that are a lot better than you and you will see how to play the game, how they structure the round and, and how to play around the course. <coughs> this weekend, I found out... That's why you played with me for several years. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's very, very true. Um, <laughs> but also, kind of this weekend and, and Sunday made me realise this, is that actually works the other way as well. So it was a three ball. Like I said, both were off 39 and it ended up, I ended up sort of playing to their level. And I, I don't mean that as like a, as an insult to them, but you know, there were times where I was just like, I've got to try and pick up my pace of play and get myself into a rhythm because my rhythm was so off. And it's the first time I've ever played golf where I really noticed that a pace of play really impacts the way that I play the game. Um, so there were a couple of times where they were a hundred yards from the tee box and I was like, I, I can't, 
just hang around it. I've got to try and play this hole like I normally would. I'd be on the green as they were like hitting their fourth, fifth shot in the fairway. Um, and I know that's, that's not necessarily great golf, but that was, was kind of me just trying to get something going in my own game. His, it, you know, it took us two hours and 40 minutes to get through nine holes, which... No, no, no like not a busy course or anything? Nothing to do with the course. So there was a two yeah. ball in, there was a two ball in front of us. By the time we got to the 12th, there was a hole that came back on us. They'd, they'd gained three holes on us. They were three holes further ahead. Um, you know, I, for, the, for the record, I assume, I assume you were letting anyone play through that caught you up behind, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, to be fair, there actually wasn't, no one caught us up because it was a four ball behind us and I kept looking around and they were, it was Duff's for, you know, the whole way down the fairway sort of thing. Right day day too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they were, they were a four ball uh, and they were, you know, we actually gained a few holes on them. We were two holes out of them. So it's, you know, we, we could have played quicker. So for me, I was at the turn, I was 50 strokes for 10 points. And with that, it's not like I was pranging it all over the place because I didn't lose a ball. I was still on the same golf ball. You know, if I was disposing of golf balls into lakes, into trees, into whatever, I could just about, you know, cope with it. Um, But I know I I can't really pinpoint what I was doing wrong. I think just uh, there was a lot of mental errors. I'm going into shots and then we we got onto the 10th which is a downhill par four and I saw the score and was like right this next one is absolutely having it and I'm hitting it as hard as I possibly can it came straight out the center it went an absolute mile Uh, and I turned around and the boys were chatting and they looked at me and were like I think we're done should we go for a beer I was like I've just absolutely (laughs) nuked (laughs) <laughs> a drive, the best drive I've hit all day. Um, could you have not said that thirty seconds ago? So I was like, right, let's, let's let's just play a couple more holes, one, so I can selfishly go and get my ball, and then like it starts coming back towards the clubhouse, and then and then we were, we were kind of done. So, um, yeah, at the turn, t- ten points for me, eight points for one, and thirteen points for the other. When you're playing off thirty nine, that's that's a lot of strokes. You know, you yeah. can imagine eight points or 39 that's a lot a lot of strokes um so yeah that that one very quickly turned into an excellent social because the the atmosphere at the bar uh, on the patio outside the golf club was brilliant there were loads of people out um, there's a barbecue going so we stayed there for a few hours and and had a few had a few jars so it made it a nice day golf dreadful but uh, it was a nice day and then the following day here's where a complete contrast so there was a four ball um and the lads that I play with, I mean, I don't like to think I'm slow, but also I know I'm, I'm quite quick. I'm quite methodical in what, I, in what I do. But these boys, I was playing with three lads who most of the time don't take a practice swing. Uh, and it was a case of ready golf the whole time. So for four of us, um, we got round in an hour and 50 minutes on the nine. That's almost the difference of an hour, you know, based on, on Saturday uh, to then to then on to Sunday. And the score reflects that. I was 42 strokes for 19 points at the turn. So I was kind of looked at that at the turn, like, well, this is, you know, there's clearly something in that, you know, when, when I'm being forced to play quite quickly, I'm, I, you know, I, I play better golf and all in, we finished 18 holes in three hours and 45 minutes, which is a massive, you know, so that's a quick round of golf, um, bit of a collapse on the back, uh, but a finish off with 33 points, which came second, uh, and the scores were 34 points, 33 points, 33 points, 32. So everyone had good enough rounds um 
not not no one was bad no one was outstanding but it was the single greatest comeback i've ever seen on a golf course <laughs> of anyone i've ever played with i was gonna say if you didn't mention this uh can you please talk us through because when you sent the scorecard through I, I we were we were mid playing rounds i didn't look at it and then later on i was looking at the whatsapps and i was like oh my god this guy like <laughs> yeah this guy was it was what happened. honestly one of the lads was uh was saying he, he, he had a very very dark start to the round of golf um he <laughs> he blobbed the first five holes that's I mean, that's quite demoralizing yeah yeah and he and he's a very, very calm, placid, easygoing guy. And I think that really, really helped him because, you know, he was no points through five. And then the first time he scored a point was on six. Um, it was a four-pointer. Uh, it was a net <laughs> eagle. He put his, put his, it was a par three. He put his, put his iron shot kind of relatively close, two putt, and he goes. Uh, he finished at the turn with with 12 points. I mean, an unbelievable recovery over, over so, what, four, six, seven, eight, four yeah. holes. Just yeah. quick, so just on that. So first five holes, not a single point scored. I mean, that would that would be enough to probably make me jack it in. I'd be like, no, yeah. that's not happening today. I'm, I'm going home. Um, but was it kind of just? It sounds a silly thing to say, you know. Was it was it kind of a? Un, there were some unlucky moments within that five hole stretch where you'd say, okay, he didn't score, but there was, you know, or was it just really, or really bad goal? No, there was. So he, he's still fairly new to the game. I think he was playing off of twenty eight on the day. Yeah, I think he was playing off twenty eight. Um, now his natural shot shape is right to left. Uh, when he starts missing, it's a hook. Uh, and there were a few occasions where he'd he was hitting it well. It just had yeah. too much, too much spin on it, uh, and okay. he'd, he'd lose a ball into the trees. Uh, there were a couple of occasions where it was either like topped or straight block into the trees, ball gone. He was disposing balls pretty quickly. He was he was losing <laughs> golf balls uh, left, right, and centre. And then it was almost like I filmed a video of him, which unfortunately didn't post on social media, of him just looking like really down in the dumps, kind of traipsing along, hand, <laughs> head hung in shame, walking towards me. And that was almost a turning point because as soon as he stepped onto the next tee box, that, that was it. And his back nine, I mean, it was outstanding. Uh, 49 strokes and 22 points on the back nine. And he, <laughs> he, he took it on the last hole. Uh, like I, I had a six-footer to tie and I missed him. Yeah, so the guy who, who blobbed the first five holes of the day walked off <laughs> with the win. And that's... The most miraculous comeback I think I've ever seen on a golf course before. And all, all three of us were like, "What's, what's, what's just happened there? How have we, you know, how have we let that happen?" After a bit, I kind of bottled it, absolutely bottled it. Back nine, putter went ice cold. Couldn't make a putt to save my life. Um, but it was striking the ball pretty well. Just, just couldn't get done on the greens. And, and yeah, so again, another, another, a really enjoyable round. Good fun, and that um, kind of comes into to the pace of play. I. For, like I said, first time I've really noticed how much of an impact it actually has on my game. So if you're out there and you want to play a competitive round with me, just slow me down because apparently yeah. that works. Yeah. 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 It works. Yeah. It works pretty well. I'm just going to take, take two minutes to find my ball. Over <laughs> yes. Hang, wait, I'm going to help Tim go find his. Hang on a minute. Um, shall I, have you seen the, uh, I know it's only three rounds played so far, but the updated, we've got our race to, race to Frey Ventos uh, tour has, has begun. Uh, Joe Holt in first place. Chris Wright has jumped into second place. 
Oh. Ben Fowlis has dropped a couple of spaces, places down to third. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Missing scorecard here, I think. There is a missing scorecard here. For who? You know what? Whatever. Bollocks. I am going to call him out on this. Joe Holt is top of the league with two scorecards entered. One for 36, one for 38. Um... Shot twenty points last week. But that won't affect. But that won't affect it. He'll still be top because that won't change his total points. I don't care. Where's Scott? Yeah, I, I, I agree. It needs, it needs to be entered. It needs to be entered for sure. But that won't change. It. He's he'll still be he'll still be top of the table there because um, that will just be a zero pointer. Spacey coming in fourth. Tim Williams in fifth. Uh, and for everyone listening, by the way, this is I think we said it as best of ten. I think we did, didn't we? I think it basically it takes your top. 10 rounds so all the rounds that we play uh with someone else from the tour up until the point that we go away uh or a competition round it counts uh but if you played like 20 rounds it just takes your best 10 uh so basically we kind of do it that way so that it allows the people that don't play as much still hopefully they get 10 rounds in and can uh, be on the leaderboard and those that play more they just have a more opportunity to score better all right fair enough yeah sorry i I glossed over the fact that it wouldn't actually change the point situation. I was <laughs> being, yeah. being pernickety on air, dig out, retracted, and apology yeah. issue. Talking about on air, dig out, not retracted. Uh, so I, I received just quickly. I received a lot of maybe two or three messages last week about saying how <laughs> me calling out Ben live on the pod was one of the most funny things that we've been through. Uh, I apologise to to Ben. Uh, he found the whole thing hilarious. I have spoken to him today, and I have an update. Would you Would you like me to share this with you? Yeah. Yes. Please. Yes. Please. Um, so it got it got so bad last week. He uh, didn't even call the pro to book a lesson. Having joined the club, he hasn't been down to the club since to even practice anything. Uh, he thought about going to the range uh, tomorrow, but I we had a conversation. I was like, I think you should just actually book that lesson, have a lesson, and then just practice that rather than just going and trying to embed whatever you're doing. Uh, it got so bad last week uh, that he went on to Golf Bidder to see how much he would get for his clubs. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> He's gonna sell the sticks. <laughs> it got yeah, it got that bad that he he's in his words he goes I I actually wasn't looking to just give up the game he was like I was just looking to see what I'd get for them and see if I could get a new set of clubs so I was like what you're doing what you're telling me is that you're blaming the clubs for your bad and then I thought to myself he's like it's not the club's fault it's definitely user error and I retracted that I just found it hilarious that it got to the point of I'm on golf and looking at how much they'll get for my clubs. And they're, not, they're only got to be a year and a, a year and a half, maybe a year and a half old, two years old, maybe. Fine. Did on on Saturday uh, because I knew it was going up on social media. I absolutely nuked a drive and then pulled out the club twelve. Um, I thought it <laughs> it looked okay. Um, yeah. It could have been better. Probably got a, probably like a six out of ten. Really, you're not. not yeah, maybe five. it was okay. Oh, okay. I mean, you. you you were you were impressed enough to slide into the DMs. And I still is the DM. you, you appreciate it. Um, so I've got two questions for this: Is do, do either of you two ever club swell on the course? Probably, yes. yeah, yes. And it's a technique thing because I've watched. You know, we've all seen Tiger Woods where he holds it, pushes forwards because he's got his right hand, and then he's off charging down the fairway. But I noticed it on my video the other day. I actually pull my right hand towards me. So you do you guys push or do you pull? 
I honestly don't know. I'd have to get a club. <laughs> I don't have a club within reach. I'll, I'll, I'll drop it in. It doesn't happen that that much with me. It's only when there's a shot which I just feel, yeah. yeah. And, and when there's people around me, it's not something I'd ever do like when I'm by myself, like at the range or something. <laughs> Oh, yeah, um, like, Where do you practice the club twirl? Surely you hit a smash right at the range. Club twirl, yeah. I don't, good. I don't think a club twirl is something that requires a whole lot of practicing. It's just simply <laughs> rotating a, a stick in your art in your hands. I mean, challenge. As Ben said, he's given himself a six out of ten. So, what would it have had to have done to be a ten out of ten club twirl? You, that doesn't happen, right? Yeah, I've just done it with. I've just. Tried to do it with my pen, and it's definitely a forward hand push. Yeah, that's, that was that was what I thought because as, as I pulled it and I saw the video, I was like, mm, "The technique's not great on that. It could probably tighten up a little bit." I wonder if switching out the grip and and, and going with a push is, is the best way to go. So, what, what we want from people listening is we want to see your best club twirls. Irrelevant yeah. how good the shot is, out on the course, whenever you're out on the course, just you film a shot. How however shit it is, club twirl. We want to see uh, we want to see the best club twirls here. Right. Okay, chaps. Uh, now, this is something that I, I said, I asked for you guys to preparing and give me some ideas for, because I have to admit, I really struggled on the course on, on Saturday to, as I said, kind of juggle all of the roles and then try and focus on, on my own my own game. Now, these are two friends that I managed to convince to come out on the course together, mostly because they were together. They're, they're Both have admitted, I don't want to say being in fear, but I, I guess it is. So I'm going to use it. Uh, being in fear of playing with better players just so they don't make themselves look like, like fools. And I think every golfer goes through that, particularly in the early early stages, which is... You know, and then I felt, and I, I think particularly moving forward, almost feel like it's... I almost feel the burden that it's on me to get them out to the course. So now, I've, these are two people I've been trying to get into the game for a long, long time. So getting them on was, was brilliant. But it did affect my game. Now, as much as I want to be... You know, inclusive. Everyone getting my mates out there. I also, you know, I play golf because I really enjoy playing well. And yes, getting getting out there with the boys. But like I said, I, I want to encourage them to keep coming back. What have you got for me moving forward that everyone then benefits? And it's not necessarily, you know, me looking like I'm binning them off because I want to play with, with other people. Um, but then also trying to get the best out of my own game whilst playing with them. Christopher, I'm going to come to you. Oh, first. Don't, don't do that to me. Um, this this is a genuine problem that golf has to solve. I when you said this initially, I started just writing down notes, and it turned into a full blown rant. And I actually might release this as an article on, like I said to you then before, I was like, I might actually write this properly and release it on LinkedIn because it is a problem. Is it a problem? It's something that needs to be solved and worked on better in the golf world. I I even I even saw a uh, an article from a uh, quite big golf magazine that said something like the title was "What What High Handicappers Do That Really Irritates Low Handicappers," and I was like, I basically wanted to write on there what low handicappers do that really fuck off high handicappers is shit like this, like bitching and moaning about people who are new to the game, because this is exactly what's puts people off playing the game. And it was the high, the low hand. And I was like, the low handicappers are like, yeah, I don't like playing with them for X, Y. And all the reasons where I was like, this is just dog shit. You just like, it, 
it's ridiculous. Um, I, I get it. Like I understand where you're coming from and I understand the whole, and I'm not, I wasn't ranting about you, Ben. I was, this is a problem. Like you, I hear it. I've been in golf clubs where low handicappers point blank refuse to play with anyone over the handicap of like 16 or something. And I'm like, who do you think you are? Like genuinely, yeah. like I'm, I'm like, that's ridiculous. And I guess, but I guess what might be, this is going to sound really silly, but might be quite an equivalent viewpoint is, and none of, none of us have, well, I don't have a, Noah's not old enough to actually be playing golf, but when you're getting kids involved in the sport, I imagine that's quite what your dad or mum or whatever feels like when they're getting you involved as a kid. And they're like, he is really shit, but I need to keep going because I need to encourage him in this game and it's going to last him and he's going to love it in the future. Um, and I think the, my, my, my worry is that low handicappers and this is, none of, and by the way, I would say as a group, I think we're really good at getting new people into the game. Like we have lots, yeah. there's lots of people that have, I mean, come on, none of us are any good. None of us are single feet handicappers. <laughs> or um, but generally I think people come into our group and hopefully feel quite, quite welcomed and whatever. And that's the whole, whole idea around Sunday red as well. Right. The whole idea is that it doesn't matter if you're a beginner, come and join in, get involved at the events. Um, so I do because you go into golf clubs and there really there is a re, often a real divide of an us and us and them low handicappers and high handicappers. Um, and I also said to you I was going to narrow this down and actually create something that hopefully give you some pointers that I think would help. I think there's responsibility on both parts. I think everyone, as you said, we want to grow the game. We want to get more people involved. We want to get people enjoying it. I think responsibility on two sides. I think all of us have a res- everyone playing the game has a responsibility to get new people into the game that we all do i do accept that playing competitive rounds with people who are brand new could could um ah oh, what's the word i don't know put put you in as you said you you're you're probably the person scoring to begin with or teaching them to score you're helping them out with the different rules your um general golf is a whole language like and I think this is I'm trying really hard not to go around tea, but I've already gone there, haven't I? Um when you, first, when you first start learning the scoring system, stablefoot isn't a fucking word. Like who made that shit up? Like it's not like it, all these different terms, terminology that you have in the world of golf is really hard. It's really uh, let alone swinging the golf club is hard as it is. And we don't make it easy as a sport to get people in and actually get people involved in that language so i think it just takes time I, I really do and once someone's in there they'll love it and they're in there forever i think there is a level of if you are the the golfer in the group who has the responsibility of doing all of that like i understand it would affect your game i think you have to go in knowing that that's mm. going to be the vibe and it's a fun round and and knowing that you're not you're not going in there to shoot 41 points it's you know it's going yeah it's, it was well, I, I turned up kind of writing it off as, as, as anything respectable. And I, I was turning up knowing, you know, thinking full well that this is probably going to be a practice round, um, and just work on a few things, and, you yeah. know, did kind of got that out of it, but just, yeah, just you, you know, when you, when you're like us, we, we're not members anywhere and you yeah. are pay, paying for the privilege to be there. So at the time that we played, it was, it was 40 quid, which, you know, it's, it's, it's not, you know, masses to some, but it, it was still enough to be like, eh, you know, 40 quid's quite punchy for a practice ultimately yeah. a practice session for yeah. me uh, and just a walk with the boys yeah so yeah and and, and that's where i and then the other responsibility <laughs> there is a responsibility on the beginning for me there's a responsibility on the beginning golfer as well to turn up and be like okay i'm here i want to be coachable i want to learn i'm not you know i I'd, I'd almost be like if i was the beginner golfer walking to the first tee with someone if, especially 
maybe it was someone I've not met before, or I'd be like, dude, I'm new to the game. Let alone, I'm trying to figure out how to swing the golf club. I don't know all the rules. I don't know all the idiosyncrasies of this sport. I don't know all the language. If I'm doing something wrong or I'm doing something that's not considered golf, please tell me. And I think if you just, if everybody just at the beginning lays out the, the better, the, no, that's wrong. The more experienced golfer just says at the beginning, hey, by the way, you're new to the sport. That's awesome. Really happy to have you here. Are you happy if you if something you're doing is not quite golf? Are you happy for me just to bring it up and say something? Yes, great, perfect, vice versa. The beginner golfer says the same thing. Um, and then I think, and then I think it's, silly, it's simple things like if they can't score on the hole, they pick up and just, it's like, st- or stop, stop taking 20 shots in the fairway, pick it up. What, you know, you yeah. can't score, walk up to the green, have a, have a chip and a putt yeah. and take it up. So they're still playing the hole, but they, you know, they're not going to score a, the score a point. They're getting in their practice and just make that clear. Yeah. It's, it doesn't do anyone's um, motivation any good if you're scoring 15 on a hole. Yeah, that's that's quite a good idea. Something I didn't even consider because I said to them at, you know, at the time, you know, you can't score on this hole, and and both of them didn't know what that meant because again, yeah. kind of going back to the stable foot, it's it's unless yeah. you've clarified it. Um, so can, I just, can I just add in something? Because whenever I talk, when I, I've said this in the past, and I've posted about this in the <clears> past, and people, people often have a go at me being like. No one should step onto the course not knowing the rules. I'm like, this is horseshit. A, have you seen the rule book? It's mental. Um, B, I took the the advanced rules test on the RNA website. Failed dramatically. Didn't even understand <laughs> half the words, if I'm honest with you. I, just, I was like, I don't know what that word means. Like, I, I genuinely don't know what that means. Um, but I think golf is more than just the rules. As you said, Ben, there's lots of unwritten rules. There's lots of unwritten kind of regulations that you just don't know about until you're playing the game and i think it's it's just creating i don't know how but it is just creating an environment that makes it okay to from both ways for them to ask and say is this okay for me to do and for you to be like by the way that's generally not the done thing next time do this or whatever um yeah it's really tricky it is really tricky i don't have a proper proper solution the scoring system it was my one one of my tips i would like just make sure if, if anyone can't score, they pick up. And if they are brand new and they, you know, give them a chance to have a putt or whatever, for sure. Don't just no, be like, that's in your hole. Sorry. See you later. Yeah, I like that. Because I, I, I struggle with the, 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 the whole telling them, look, you can't score. Just kind of pick it up. But in actual fact, well, then their putting's never going to improve. Because if they're doing yeah, that on every yeah. hole, it's, it's, it's a difficult game to play. So that's, that's quite a good idea of just saying, right, pick that up. But say it from, like, before you cheat off. By the way, guys, if any of us yeah. can't score on a hole, I'll tell you. Um, yeah. pick the ball up, stop, you know, there's no point, just say, there's no point hitting a 15 on a hole, it doesn't make any sense, you don't need to, then just come up and have a chip and a putt, so you practice right. those. Yeah, I like that, I'll be using that next time. Nice, thank you, Mr. Wright. Timothy, I'll come to you. Yeah, I think there are three things, or there are three groups of people to to think about here, so the first one is the, the more experienced golfers who are outside of the group that's playing, um chris has done a really good job talking about this and he's absolutely right a lot of work needs to be done here um i think every now and then i mean generally speaking i think (sighs) golfers in general probably do need to be a little bit more accommodating Uh, that sounds like a really generalistic swipe but i think it's probably true um and i think there can be a bit of a tendency for the more experienced golfers or the the lower handicappers to see some of the actions or etiquette of someone who's out for the first time and to kind of almost misleadingly think that they're they're pissing about or they're kind of having a bit of a joke of things like a good example for example let's say someone's got a, a carry bag with them and they put it on the green 
Like, like nine times 10, that's just because they don't know the etiquette to, to not put something on a green. Um, but I feel like, and I've seen it, right? I think there's a tendency for people to think that they're just dicking around and um, taking the piss. I mean, in my experience, that's not the case. Um, also, you'd be paying quite a lot of money and parting with quite a lot of time of your your life to go somewhere just to piss about for four or five hours. So that's generally not the case. So I think there's probably a bit of, you know what, if you're an experienced golfer or whoever, and you see something like that, you know, probably just 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 a really quick, gentle tap on the charge and just be like, just so you know, just by the way, just that's not, it's not really etiquette because it damages the green. It, it, and just, and tell them why as well. Yeah. Tell them, you know, why the, what the etiquette is and also just a bit of a why. Because it doesn't really, sometimes just telling someone a rule doesn't actually help because as, as Chris has said, there's a lot of rules. It's not always completely clear why the rule's in place. Um, no, I just want to say you're so right. It's, it's, it's how I've been on the end of, it's how you say it, right? I've been on the, when I was relatively new to the game, I was on the end of a, uh, an, a, a more mature member um, having a, telling me off for um i took a practice swing and knocked a branch or something i can't remember what it was knocked a leaf off or something um right go at me you've lost the hole it was in a, it was in a competition you've lost the hole and i was like okay i was like you and instead of getting angry and shouty and aggressive about it you could have just said by the way i know you, i know you're relatively new yeah, I, he knew I was relatively new. I told him, um, if you do that, that is that is a penalty, and in this situation, it's conceded of the hole. And I'd have been like, "My bad, I'm so sorry. I apologise." Instead, for the rest of the round, I'm like, "You're a cock," and I really yeah, now yeah. really want to beat you, yeah. and I'm never going to talk to you again after this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And there's probably you know you go you go up down the country, and there's probably a hundred people that could tell you a, so, a, a story similar to that from when they've started off. All right, so I think there's a bit of thing about well, let's let's try and get rid of the the fear factor of the new guys coming into it who feel like oh, I don't want to piss off members, or I don't I don't want to be I don't want to be that guy that's ruining it for other people, which is a very real fear I think for a yeah. lot of people who do it for the first time. So let's you know what if 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 you play a lot of golf, if you've been playing for a while, and you do see this, let's just kind of take a step back. We're all beginners once. Let's just think about, you know, just give them a tap on the shoulder and a quick explanation. And I swear that'll do so much more than giving them a barking. That's just not going to help. Um, so that's, that's the first thing. Then when you come into the actual group of people who's playing, so let's say in your situation from the weekend, Ben, so there's, there's, there's two elements here. So firstly, one way or another that the onus is going to be on the experienced golfer, the lower handicapper. Um, I agree completely with what you said about, if you can't score on a hole and you're out for 18 holes on like a Saturday afternoon, pick the ball up because there are other people playing and it's absolutely a fair thing to do. You know, you've got to be considerate of other people playing. Um, similarly, if say someone, let's say hit, hits the ball into the trees or it gets an unplayable, you know, explain to them, okay, so the, the, technically the rule is you take a drop no further than your, the, your longest club, your driver length from where that ball was lying. You know what? To be honest, in some cases, that's just just they're still going to be in the middle of like a pile of leaves. If that's yeah. the case, explain that to them, and then just say, "But you know what? That's the rule." But just for the, just for now, because you only begin to look, just drop one out in the rough or on the side of the fairway. And it's not a competitive round. And it's not a competitive. It's a friendly round. Exactly. Um, but you know, you, there is definitely things you need to, need to do to to encourage pace of play i think a big one for explain something but then say that's the rule but you know what in the it, it, for today 
you're new let's just let's just do this or you know um or, or just you know set a subtle reminder to them is that like look guys i know we're all new but we do need to do things today to make sure we're not being slow because there's a lot of people out now one yeah, of the that, things that on was, that point on. now on on that point the final place I wanted to come to was there is a little bit on the beginner golfers themselves and there's a little bit of realism and expectation management. And what I would say to you, if you are completely new to the game or you're a 36 handicapper, if, if, it's, a, if it's a weekend, let's say, play nine holes. Don't play 18. Simply play nine. Because you know what? If you're going around in two hours, 40, whatever it was, Ben, that you were going around in nine holes with on Saturday. If you're a 36 handicapper, that's probably enough to have that time out there. So I would say either, maybe you don't need to go and play a full 18, play play nine holes, or even better, if you can, go play nine holes at about six o'clock in the evening when the, the course is quieter. Do that. Um, or pay a pitch, uh, uh, pitch and putt. Yes, yeah, I, I struggle with this one, Tim, though. Because I'm, I'm not like, saying I'm not saying by the way, I'm not saying I'm not saying don't play on golf courses. What I'm no, saying no, is that. if you're if you're being pressure on yourself and you're and it's a weekend and you're thinking, oh God, I don't want to be slow and piss off members, well then maybe just take a step back. Don't damage your ego or just be a bit realistic and say, you know what, I'm just gonna play nine holes and that'll yeah. probably be enough. I'm gonna, I need to jump in. If yeah. I'm new and new yeah. to me involved in the game, yeah, I want to be out the course with you. I don't. Um, if I go, if I go to you guys. Hey, I, I'm not. I don't feel quite ready yet. Actually, this, actually, that's probably a bad because I actually would be like, yeah, we went out to come and play a nine-hole pitch and putt. I'd still, I'd still <laughs> yeah, 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 massively. But there is, but there is the element of I want to be out with you guys, and I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd rather adapt my game on the full course, i.e., pick up when I can't score or whatever, and and not take it. You know, I'm not playing yeah. for the open here. Then. Yeah. And I need to get better. I need to play on an 18-hole golf course to get better at an 18-hole golf course. Two things there. Um, so if, if you want to play 18 holes, not a problem. Absolutely not a problem. Just be mindful of the kind of the former point I made, I made around. If you're going out with an experienced golfer, you need to be mindful of, okay, this can't take five hours, six hours. It, it can't. Yeah. So you do need to be willing to kind of be given the hurry up or – um, if you can't score in a hole, pick your ball up. But equally at the same time, like I said, if you're the experienced player in that group, it does fall on you a little bit to facilitate the pace of play or... or, or yeah, that, that was one play. thing I, I, I struggle with because we, you know, have been on the receiving end of someone telling me to pick up the pace of play and then in the end, you almost like, you you, you freeze, you panic, yeah. you try to pick yeah. up the pace and you, it's, yeah, it just goes to pot. And that was that was something I was battling with because I was conscious of the time the whole time. Thankfully, there was no one up our ass. That actually might have been a hindrance because the people up our ass might have just naturally forced yeah. the pace. Um, but I ended up employing the old tactic of just take one practice swing because, you know, your practice swing is always your best swing. So just put the ball in front of it um, because both of them were routinely doing three or four practice swings every shot. Then that's, that that's, was, that yeah, was something you, that yeah. only became apparent after like whole five or six uh and you i was can't just, be, be you can't be doing that if you if you if you're a beginner golfer i'm sorry it's you can't be doing three four five practice shots on on every shot and they and to be honest they if you're a beginner you need to be open to having that feedback and being told that because the flip side of this is we talked about this a few weeks ago genuinely 
the fa- I, I genuinely believe the faster you play, the better you play. Take too long and you overthink things or you've got a million swing thoughts, play fast. You'll be, I, honestly, it's, it's it, for me personally, and it's, you know, absolutely survey of one. So I realise that. But <laughs> generally speaking, when I'm sort of playing fast, um, and generally speaking, if I go play nine holes for myself on like a Friday night, I'm playing fast. But I'm, I'm playing fast because normally because I want to get, I've, I've, you know, got social things to get back to as well. Generally speaking, I'll play quite well when I play fast. It's when you play really slow and you're agonising and you're thinking about a million swing thoughts, it's not going to help. Yeah, I, I, I just think it comes, Tim, you, you made this point. It's, it is how you say it. Like it's, it's yeah. the, let's call them the lead golfer in this side. Just being a normal human being and having, mm. as you said, tapping them on the shoulder, but hey, this is what we need to do. This is what we need to do. Um, it, these guys, I know this isn't, this is, if you're in a club, it's different because you might genuinely be playing with someone you don't know. But these guys are your mates. Like you can just say, yeah. "Hey, that's like here's where we're at. Here's what we need to do." Like it's not personal. It's just, "Hey, this yeah. is what we need to do." And, and this yeah. is. This is I, I do understand in a club environment, it could be really tricky because you're you might be dealing with someone that you don't know. Um, and I just think it just comes down to being an all human and just having a conversation and just saying, "Hey, just just so you're aware." that would be a, a penalty or that's not how we do this or that's, you know, here is, it's just having a conversation. It's just communicating. I think too often in golf, I just, I just see the other side of it where maybe someone does it three times and then the person snaps and is like, you can't do that. And I'm like, just, just speak to them like an all human being. Yeah. I was, I was employing a kind of every trick in the book just to try and get yeah. them to speed up the pace of play without going, hurry up. Um, no, but I think, I think you just, uh, that, I, again, I think it just comes down to lads. We're supposed to do this in nine. In, you know, nine holes are supposed to take two hours. We're now like well over that. Um, we do need to get a regular on. That's just the general. That's the general vibe. If, you don't, if, they, if people don't tell other people what the standards are, then they, no one has any idea of what they're actually supposed to be held to. Does that make sense? There's also a little bit of right. Let's just why. Why is it taking this long? Is it taking this long because we're losing? Is because people are losing a shitload of balls in the trees and the rough, and therefore are having to take eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 shots on every hole. If that's the case, then it's the guys, if you can't score t- today, like not competitive round, exactly as I say, today, if you can't score, just put your ball up. It's, you know, it, we, we're, we're just out here to relax, but we do need to, we do need to get around. Like we can't, we can't take 13 shots on every hole. Um, and maybe the competitive round and you're playing stable foot, it doesn't matter. So you still pick the ball up. Like it just, it genuinely doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But where I'm going with it is just, again, be mindful of why is it taking long? If it's, if it's the case of, like, if, if I was out with someone and it's taking longer because like they're losing a few shots, I can kind of, I'm kind of okay with that to a, to a degree. But if you can't score, you can't still pick the ball up. If it's taking a long time because, I don't know, people are chatting or kind of being a bit idle and walking around, then you do need to sort of say to them, guys, you do need to, let's let's kind of speed this up a little bit. Like, I know we're out here to enjoy each other's company, but we're not out for a country walk. There is actually a, a sports element to this. Um, so I think there's a little bit of that as well. There's, there's, there's no one answer. I've got an idea. I've actually got an idea. Something that might be... I've actually I, got an idea. I've actually got an idea. So I, 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 think, if you, I think if you're in a golf club, 
genuinely what should be done is the is the response i do think a big part of it you've got three responsible parties if you're a member of a golf club right you've got the beginner you've got the the member that they're playing with and then you've got the golf club itself the golf club itself should have whatever they want to call it uh you know an induction a welcome period or whatever where and i think some do where genuinely they're like hey this is the vibe here are the rules here are the whatever blah, blah, blah. take them through it and actually really induct them put them with someone and who is a I don't, not necessarily the captain, but the I'm about to call them the welcome committee, but have like people that they know they're really happy to meet the new members. They're really happy to meet the beginners and, and play rounds and help them. Like there'll be people within that club that, that would love to do that. Nomadic golfers is a bit different, right? Nomadic golfers is you might start, if you're like, oh, so you start with your mates and generally that's fine because your mates will tell you pretty quickly, mate, you can't take seven practice swings in a bunker taking sand out. Um, that, like that's that's like that's just like they'll tell you, um, and you'll learn from from playing with them week in week out. We are. If you're starting and you're like, there's one or two of you getting started in the game. It can be. I think it could be difficult. I think what we need is like a hacker's guide to to golf. We need like a, a hacker's. Here are the secret unwritten rules that you don't find out about until you're being shouted at by an 80 year old dude um, on the golf course somewhere. It probably already exists. To honest with you. But I feel like that's what's, that's almost something, there's a, there is almost a simple, you almost like, you know, those like joke books that you get where you're like, this is how the modern man works. And you're like, oh, right. Okay. Right. This is how the modern wife works. Okay. Great. Perfect. I need this instruction booklet in my life. The other thing we talked about, sorry, I feel like we've talked about this before. Apologies if we haven't. My memory is not with me at all tonight, but I feel oh, like we, this is episode 52, right? Yeah. We've brought up the we've been at this a year. We, why I'm not so able to remember it, yeah. everything we've talked about. <laughs> but um, no, what I was saying was, well, that is there not an argument within a club situation, obviously. Um, and I don't know quite how you fit this in timings wise with everything else you've got to get in with the week in terms of events, members, mornings, whatever. Um, for a bit of there's like a, it's almost like a bit of a golf, a social afternoon where newer members to the club who are higher handicappers will get put into a four ball with a combination of people they don't normally play with. We have um, I feel like we have spoken about this. We before. have, and because um, there was one guy at, which golf club was it? Short, somewhere in Brighton, and they do this. And he, oh, and they do this, it. yes. So this to me seems like a really good idea because... <laughs> For loads of reasons. Firstly, if you're if you're new to the club, it kind of gives you a chance to actually make some mates. You know, have a bit of rapport with people you go around with. If you're starting off and you're not sure about the rules, you'll learn pretty quickly going around with people who are a um, lower handicappers, b kind of do want to play fast. But hopefully, if they're members, if they're paid up members, I feel like the more experienced golfers or people that be members for a longer period of time, because these are fully paid up members. That whole thing we said at the start about people being a bit kind of aggressive and dismissive to newer golfers, that might not be there quite so much. But also it's just a it's it's a much more relaxed environment to kind of get up to speed with what the rules are, what the local rules are, by the way, because that's a whole different kettle of fish. Um so I think that remains a really good idea. And it's and it's it's awesome to hear there are clubs out there that do it. Um there are you know, happens with tons of other sports, right? So why not this? Yeah, I'm gonna stop. Because we can talk about this all night. Yeah, no, and I, I have to hold my hands up and, and say that I, you know, I, I free reign to pick whichever golf course I wanted to play, and 
you know, I've only ever played it with quite experienced golfers and I'd always quite enjoyed it. But on reflection, mm. it's just a terrible choice because there are, there's no par threes in the first eight holes. Yeah, they're all relatively long as well. Um, and I think if you are planning to go out with two you know, new golfers, I would look to go somewhere shorter. That would have definitely have helped because that was the feedback that I got pretty much straight away from, from one of the lads who I played Ilford with a couple of weeks ago. He was just like, let's just go there next time because it's significantly shorter. Uh, and such, a, mistake such, a, such a good idea that something yeah. actually that is totally, totally overlooked by, I would say, the vast majority of nomadic <laughs> or people golfers is they do not look at the length of a course. Such a good point um, to actually consider, oh, you know what, maybe let's not play a 7,000-yard course when we're new to the game. I've got, okay, with that, I've got one final thing to add. <laughs> <laughs> because it came, up, it came up in the Sunday Red Group and it's Tim, me and you experienced this um, at Goodwood. I I think it's I think it's a while coming. I don't think the current generation of golfers are quite ready for it, like from a mindset point of view. But that's is instead of the tees being women's, men's competition, yeah. it's handicap based. So your front tees, your middle tees, your back tees. And if you're a 36 yeah. handicap, you're off the front tees, which immediately makes the course 400 yards shorter or whatever it is. If you're a 12 to 18, you're off the middle tees. If you're a single figures, you can play off the competition or whatever, right? And I, I think... I, I don't know why... Well, I don't know whether it has been explored. I don't know why that's not been brought in because that would then make every course like accessible. Well, within reason. Um, it, it is being done, but not but not by many courses. It's still... I think they're moving to the terminology of front, middle, back. But it's still... like I would find it hard if we walked up to, and then we said, okay, today, Chris, your, you know, your handicap means you're off the front tees, and your mm-hmm. you play off the, the middle of the back. I'd be like, ah, oh, that that just is feels like a kick in the a kick in the teeth. Yeah. But I think that's because of the way we've been brought up in the golf world, right? I think if that's where you're brought in, and it's just, hey, you're at this handicap, you start on this tee box. Like I think if you're coming in now in as a junior. And that, that's how they brought it in from now. I think it'd be fine. But I think because the world we've been, the golf world that we've been brought up, I think that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. But there is that. I do want to see that. I do think that would be good because it would make that course X hundred yards shorter, which would be better for the, the higher handicappers and the lower handicappers who want to hit bombs off the competition tees. Oh, I appreciate that. A lot, of, a lot of good input there. And there's definitely some good ideas that I'm going to be taking away uh, and using myself. And hopefully, you know, because the listeners are, are likely to have experience that if, if they're fortunate enough to be able to convince two of their good pals yeah. they've been working on for a while to come into the game you, you know, people might might come across it so yeah hopefully that helps you guys it's, it's helped me out right chap something that came up actually uh, a fortnight ago me and me and tim spoke about it and tim said he went and, and did a bit of putting practice to, you know today and, and and i at the weekend when we were at at Wanstead's, uh the guy said all oh, the greens will be you know really fast when they're out there so i had a little knock on the practice green I thought, yeah, they're okay. They're not. They're not. They're not lightning quick. And then when you got out there, you realise you're putting on glass. Um, it's kind of a, a, a question that, well, I'm going to put to you. And, and it's something me and Tim briefly spoke about is how true to life are practice greens? How much <laughs> value is there in being on the practice green of a golf club to what they're actually going to play like on the 18? Tim, I'll come to you first with this. <laughs> this makes me laugh because I've thought about this a lot of times, but mainly because uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm preemptively giving myself an excuse for not putting well in a specific <laughs> round. Like, oh, <laughs> <we're> almost- 
No, I, you know, if all the if all the greens have been like this practice green, I would have definitely had you know six less, six fewer putts. Um, I don't. So the conversation, I'll play back the conversation kind of in the way that Ben and I had it. Is that I don't think a practice green, generally speaking, is not in the same sort of environment completely as greens that are out there on the course they might be surrounded by woodland or um you know they might be more or less exposed to the elements um and just a totally different level of care probably is get given to a practice green you know certain clubs they will have you know kids out there putting on the greens on a saturday or a sunday for example um or they'll be doing i don't know coaching clinics during the week so where i've rounded out of this is that um unless it's sort of to be honest, very, very high tiers of golf clubs and getting up towards, you know, pro level um, locations, then no, I don't think that the the putting green will ever be completely true to what you're about to play. There will always be a difference. Now, that difference will vary from club to club for whatever reason. But I mean, but where I've come full circle on it is thinking, you know what, the practice green isn't necessarily there for you as a for, for you to kind of sample what the greens are going to be like at that club in my mind the practice greens are there for you to practice the rhythm of your putting rather than giving you a trial sample is where my head is at at the moment so i've kind of gone away thought about it agreed with myself um but then <laughs> agreed with myself that they're not always like the rest of the course disagreed with myself that that impacts on my game because it definitely doesn't so where i've got to is the how personally i will treat putting greens going forward is they're not a, they're not a trial they're not a, a free sample they're just about your putting rhythm that's my two pence on it that's a really interesting way to put it never would never have even framed it as that it's not a trial sample it's just something to get your eye on. <laughs> Okay, so that that's that's really interesting because um, I, my response was was going to be, although Tim's now stolen it, at the high end clubs. That, or let me put it this way: the clubs we play at. Are, <laughs> the question the question was: Is there value in the in the practice putting green? Yes, hundred yes. percent, yes. Because, but the clubs that we play at, the let's the not expensive clubs, no the putting green i don't think often reflects the pace the speed the tempo of the greens out on the course is that a problem i'd say yes it is however i use them just to make sure i'm hitting straight putts right so i go am i online have i got my putting rhythm am i online yeah awesome deal with whatever pace hits me when i'm out there the higher end clubs i imagine and having played been like play you know a, a couple and even when we go abroad i think the putting greens are much more similar to the putting greens that you get out on the course. And I believe they should be because that's the course. It's kind of like, here's the, here's the green, here's the practice green. This is giving you an indication to what it's going to be when you get out. And the amount of times I've been on a, a putting green, hit some putts and thought, okay, I can roll this quite quickly today. Get out there first green and knock it freaking 15 feet past. I'm like, ah, oh, okay. That's not what the practice green was doing. And that irritates me, but, what are you going to do? So I think they should, but likewise that, you know, their focus has to be the 18 greens that are out there and probably not the, the practice green probably isn't their core focus. Tim, you're right. 
if we get there by midday on a on a Saturday, they've probably had three coaching clinics, two kids rounds, everyone who's practicing going out there. So sure, it's not going to be rolled or whatever three times of a morning compared you know like it's just it's a different environment isn't it so yeah they're, they're, i mean they're, they're fundamentally they, they've got to be built to be hard wearing and, and yeah, exactly. yeah so yeah. do do i think they should reflect the courses greens yes yeah do i think they should like I've, i'm trying to think of an example like bletchingly was a good example they have they have different like they have different tiers greens you can practice different parts like different roles and things like that and I think it accurately reflects the course from memory. It's going back a while. Um, others, it's a, it's a totally different green. Oh, Tim's got something, sorry. No, no, it's only just to jump in with an example. Definitely, for anyone that's listening and has played there or plays there regularly, <laughs> one place which definitely, definitely does have greens, which are true, uh, practice greens, which are true to life, is um, uh, Guildford. Because, oh, oh my God. I turned up, <laughs> turned up on a Sunday to play there and sort of, you know, went through my usual putting practice. And I was like, oh, my good Lord, these are fast. There's no way the, the, the actual greens out there can be as fast as this. Get out to the first green. Oh, no. Yep, they are. It's exactly yeah. the same. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And again, they also have um, different, like, it's not a huge practice screen, but they also have, like, you, different hills, different roles that you can do on the practice screen. And yes. I agree when you get up to the course, it, it does accurately reflect the speed. I'm, I'm pleased that you've done that because I know the uh, the general manager there listens to the podcast, so he'll be delighted to hear that, I'm sure. Um, yeah. yeah, so yeah, to answer your question, Ben, I think all practice screens have value. Yes, because I will always value making sure I'm hitting my putts straight on a deck. Like, that's my kind of key for that. And I think the higher-end clubs, normally you would expect the practice green to match that of the greens that are on there. I like it. Right, by extension of that, where's the best practice facility you've both ever been to? And what made it better than the rest? Easy. Tim's itching. Easy. Not even a competition. Well, we've um, got <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's pretty good, not, but it's not my number one. Um, no, the best that I've ever been to in terms of but all, pra- all of their practice facilities, driving range, chipping, putting by a million miles was uh, Kaya in Turkey was okay. insanely good. Um, massive, massive putting green. Um, there were, there were, I think there were two, there were two putting greens, I think um, huge, but all complete with any kind of like, there were tiers in there. There were different roles, different nice. kind of putts you need to hit. It was perfectly maintained. It was true to what we played when we got out there, um, beautiful grass driving range um, down by the side of the first tee. You have, I could, I don't know, I can't remember what the trees were. Something, something like palm trees all the way down the right hand side. So really, just scenic, um, and then practice bunkers. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I didn't play particularly well when I was there, but um, loved it. Loved everything about that setup and that course. We are supposed to be playing there this year. I've not played, been there before, so my excitement levels have immediately gone up. That's awesome. Mr. Wright? Yeah, for me, I think, although I have to, I'm now thinking back and I can't even picture the short game area, like the bunker, the bunkers and things like that. Um, I was lucky enough to be invited to Sunningdale at the beginning of last year and 
I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm just remembering like the whole experience, but the 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 start, the warm up on the range, the putting green outside, like is that kind of iconic picture? You're looking back up. Uh, what is the first on the old course? And you've got the clubhouse, the putt, practice putting greens in front of that big practice putting green overlooked by the balcony of the um, the clubhouse. Yeah, for me, and just, the range is obviously very, very high quality, but just the whole kind of experience of that was kind of matched into that. But yeah, I'm now thinking back, I can't even think if there was a bunkers. I mean, I imagine there is. Um, but yeah, just the range is really nice. Oh, yeah, wonderful. This is crazy how a good practice facility just adds to the whole experience, doesn't it? Oh, it for sure. Even lasting memory. But for me, I, I wrote down two places and it was, yeah, Echo and Tim Carrier. Mind was absolutely blown by the extent of the practice facilities there. I mean, like the bunkers that they had, the, the pitching area, the, the chipping area, the putting area. Um, the bunkers were so true to what they were like on the golf mm. course. Kind of a grain of sand out of place, if, if that's such a thing. It was just beautiful. Um, and the second place was the Wisley, um, whose driving range actually was was, was better than Kaya's. Just beautiful, really, really great. And their their chipping area with the, the practice bunker was, was was awesome. Putting green was better at Kaya, but then the Wisley would take it on the um, on the driving range. So I thought, yeah, those two are. If you get the opportunity to play either of those and get into their practice facilities, they're excellent. Right. Gentlemen, finishing off tonight, rounding off tonight. Okay, we're going a little bit more lighthearted. Uh, it's something that I've, I, I thought about a couple of weeks ago. I was like, oh, this will be great when it's, uh, it's my next go. Now, uh, the PGA Tour my, used... My next go. My next go. My next go. Yes. Um, now, the PGA Tour use a lot of, of statistics and metrics to measure how, how how well a player is doing stacked up against the rest of the tour. And, you know, players are now using that to, to, to set their practice. Uh, and tonight, I'm actually going to use those to set you to a little game because I wanted to find out what our awareness is of the pros because we have these perceptions of certain players being really, really good at a certain skill. Might be driving distance. So... For each category, I've gone driving distance, driving accuracy, strokes gained approach, strokes gained around the green, and strokes gained putting. I've got two players in every category, and I just want you to tell me where they rank on the PGA Tour. Driving distance. First up, probably quite an easy one, bit of a, a one-foot tapping. Bryson DeChambeau, driving distance. Where does he sit, Timbo? Number one. Chris? Oh, I'm going to go number two or three. Well, it wasn't a trick question. Well, I guess it is a trick question. Kind of, he is first. Um, oh, he, okay. uh, I thought Cam uh, or Tony Fina might be up there. No, uh, Bryson DeChambeau is first in driving distance. And interesting, you mentioned Tony Fina because he was my second. And I've got a pretty strong feeling this is going to surprise you too. Chris Wright, where do you think Tony Fina sits driving? Well, now that you've said that, I'm obviously going to change my answer and go, he's capable of being number two, but he's probably at like, 25. Tim? I, I, I assumed he would be top five, personally. The, you, I don't think he'll be in top five, uh, but I don't think he'll be as low as 20, mid-20s. I'm going to say something like 15. Okay, so as of May the 3rd, 2021, Tony Fino was ranked 35th in driving distance on tour. Oh, shit. So, Chris, one, right. Take that one, one, one. I'll, let you, I'll let you keep the score. Right, second one. We're going driving accuracy. Now, someone who is known to be a 
pretty epic driver of the golf ball. He has publicly no, you know, it's quite open to the public. He's, he's struggled this year because he's chasing more distance. But generally speaking, Rory McIlroy, one of the best drivers on tour. Driving accuracy, Rory McIlroy, where does he rank in the PGA Tour? This this year or ever? Like this totally. year. Just this year. This year. Oh, God. Who's up first? Um, we'll go Chris. Chris. Okay. Uh, I might be setting the, setting the thing. I'm actually going to go driving accuracy. I'm going to go, I reckon, in the 52. Interesting. Timothy? 41. Let's see, this is why I love this game, because he's currently ranked 146th for driving oh, accuracy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Whoa. I know. Yeah. I know he's I had mean, his struggles, and it'd be. Yeah. I haven't looked back at last year's stats or a couple of years ago. Sure, that's. Crikey. Yeah, just yeah. I just saw that. I was like, I, I can't believe that. I struggled <laughs> to believe that. Yeah, right. I still win one just for the closest. Yeah, I so. yeah. Yes. I'll, yeah. I'll give you that one. <laughs> just picturing Bruce's price is right now. Is it price is right? Like, higher, lower. Yeah. <laughs> can't be one penny over. Um, right, driving accuracy, best swing in the game. Potentially, but how accurate is he off the tee? Adam Scott, where are we saying he sits for driving accuracy? Timothy. Mm, beautiful swing. I wouldn't say he's like the super, at the super high end of accuracy. Um, if you're talking accurate players, I'm thinking more of like a, a Morikawa sort of being accurate. Um, Adam Scott. See, this is, see, right. This is, this is, there's two things at play here because you're asking a question, but you're also obviously got a bit of a smile on your face. There's a funky answer going on. Um, Adam Scott, 22. Okay, Chris Ryan. 22. Uh, I'm going to go a bit higher. I'm going to go 44. Okay, cool. So this is where I thought I'd layer it on by saying he's got one of the best swings on tour because he's currently ranked 179th in driving oh, accuracy. <laughs> Oh, oh, bad slide at the moment. Absolutely oh, slide. God. Yeah. Okay, so next up, we're going strokes gained approach. So if you're sat there thinking, well, well what does that really mean? So we're talking ball striking. It's irons in the fairway or wedges. Anything that isn't off the tee on par fours or fives, surrounding the greens or on the green. But approach does include par three tee shots because obviously it's, it's an iron. Now, someone who we all purr over is ball striking. We've just spoken about how good a swing. Well, Tim mentioned it. Here's Tim's boy. Where does Colin Morikawa sit for strokes gained approach? He is number one. Confident, Tim Williams. He is number one. Straight out there. I mean, that says to me that he's that was that was said so quickly. I almost wonder what if you got your phone in your hand. <laughs> yeah, my phone, my phone is within reach, but I. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, get that phone away from you, um, Morikawa. Uh, he's excellent. I don't. I, there's always there's always a funky answer at the very very top. So I think he's going to be in the top five. I'm going to go about sixth. Cool. You should have just matched Chris because he is number one, and I just wanted, <laughs> just wanted to get him in there. <laughs> See, now I'm just trying to be smart. Yeah, I thought you were going to go three, and just so you said top five, I'd go three. Just so if it was second, we'd be a tie. If it was yeah. fourth, yeah. Be a uh, I mean, you hear commentators um, talk about him all the time about how great a ball striking, and people always compare Justin Thomas and, and Morikawa. Mm. They are one and two, and I think that is one of the most important 
statistics for, for a golfer because you know, I think I'm any so basically if Morikawa is on the fairway he's going to be on the green yeah, yeah. It's, it's basically the, the read into that here's money right our boy as a team couldn't leave him out Will Zalatoris where does he rank PGA Tour strokes gain approach I'm going to go Tim this time I'll give you the chance to go first Darby good this year because he's just been oh, unbelievable. Tim, Tim's gone Daleks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yank your microphone out, pal. <laughs> it's, it's reached that time. That time, that time of the week where my microphone just starts to give up me. Uh, Will Zalatoris, it's been an absolute fire. He's been money this season. So fifteen. Fifteen. Oh, I was going to go top ten, but I'm going to play this smart and go twelfth. He's fourth, ranked fourth on oh, the score. Yeah, okay. Approach. okay. Yeah, I, I knew it was good. I just uh, yeah. I wasn't enough to go that high. Yeah. Chris is aboard a runaway train at this moment in time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. This next one, I'm going to be really interested to see where you go with this. So strokes gained around the green. So this is every shot measured within 30 yards of the green. Now, we've all marveled at this guy's short game before. We do speak kind of about it. Anytime he seems to play well, it's because his short game looks beautiful. What does Patrick Reed say? Yeah. Chris, first, first, first Chris time Wright, I'll go, okay, yeah. It's 13th. Interesting. Timothy? Third. 52nd. <laughs> Not even in the top 50. Think about how much we've spoken about how good Patrick Reed's short game is to be. Do you, have, do you have the list of people, like the actual players in the top 10 here in front of you? Not not in front of me, no. Uh, they're quite, yeah. quite easy to find just on PJ Tour website. I'm not, not going to look because I don't want to cheat, but I, yeah. wanna, I want to know who the top 10 short game players are. That, that just to me says really, really streaky. When he's on, he is on. Tim, don't know. Yeah, he's got another player to go. He's off. He's off. Okay. Uh, someone who's, you know, arguably the best talent all time. Strokes gain around the green. With wedge in hand, where does lefty sit? Where is Phil Mickelson? This year, though. This year? Depends if you believe that his touch has deserted him this year or not. You know, he's hitting it off the planet, off the tee, but what's he like around the green? This year, I'm going 111th. Interesting. No, I'm still. I still think he's. I still think he's very, very strong with strokes gained around the green. I'm saying top 20. I reckon like 17 or something. It's quite amusing because you are really shit at this game. (laughs) 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 Bill Mickelson is currently ranked 167th around the green. Around the green, which I. It, it, those were the two names that jumped out at me because Patrick Reed we've spoken about a lot on here and then Phil Mickelson he's just known for that like wizardry around the greens isn't he yeah 167th um, I'm, living, I'm living in the past obviously with all- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right final one um, strokes gained putting now someone I'm going to bring up just you know we, we spoke about it a few weeks ago but just to recap because it still blows my mind that, it, that he's here uh, but Ricky Fowler is currently 176th in PJ Tour, which when you think back to, to, I don't want to say the glory days, but when he was really, really good, he just seemed to be phenomenal putting, didn't he? And it's amazing how just a few years that, that, that someone's strength can, can become 176th best. Um, now, talking about someone who's a very, very good putter and arguably the greatest, 
arguably the greatest long-range putter of all time because it just doesn't seem to matter where it's from. Jordan Spieth is making them left, right, and centre. Where does Jordan Spieth sit currently? PJ this is because he's had such a weird season. Yeah, he's had a season of he's had a season of like couldn't he's do anything like, with banging them in from forty feet and then missing five footers for fun. Like it's that's that sort of season for Jordan Spieth. Where does he currently sit? I'm going Chris first. Sixty-eighth, nineteenth. Wait, wait, one nine or nine zero? One nine, nineteenth. Okay, uh, he's currently ranked sixty-fourth. That was very <laughs> close. Not a bad guess, righty. Well done, Tim. You've I love this game. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great game. Right, basically, basically, what we've, what we've learned from this game is I need to watch more golf and Chris watches too much golf. <laughs> I would I would say, I mean, that answer was good. I wouldn't say Chris has been good. I think he's just been one better than you. <laughs> <laughs> um, final name uh, on the night. I believe he's still uh, world number one, the maker of many, many clutch parts over the past year. Uh, Dustin Johnson, where does he currently sit? Admittedly, he's not had the best year so far this year, but being on the greens, completely different ball game. Where is he in the PGA Tour? Tim, I now have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, no idea. My mind is just gone. He's, he's like first in PGA, but I'll pro- which means that you would say he'd probably. I mean, right? He's he's ranked first, so he has to be good. It has to be high. Is my rationale. But I'm probably going to give an answer and you say, no, he's, he's 104th or something. Um, no, I don't think he's that bad. Putting, I see, I wouldn't, from what I've seen, his putting hasn't been amazing, but it hasn't also been shocking. I'm going to say he's in the 30s. I'm going to say like 35 or something. Cool. Mm, I think that's good. I'm going to go, I'm actually going to go a bit higher. I'm going to go 53. And this is kind of exactly why I wanted to do this because it was it, it sounded quite quite fun in my head and it has proved that way um, because we know very little about the pros because he's currently ranked 148th no. in PGA Tour putting, the world's number one player, the guy who's, you know, think how hot he was last year. We all spoke about how big a season we thought he'd have this year and he's gone ice cold okay, with, right. with the putter. This game sucks. PGA (laughs) DJ. And this is kind of the reaction that I was hoping to get from from you. And when I cooked it up in my head, I was like, yeah, that would be quite good. And then this is where I, I, you know, I messaged you two today saying I got quite excited by, by this because you have this perception of, of golfers and it just goes to show the stats don't always back it up. because Nah. You've slightly spoken about before. You see the good shots. You see them, and they're good times. But it's just it's the stuff where they're not on camera. They're not on the on the televised groupings that, um, which ultimately make or break a season. For for Dustin to still be clinging on to first place, putting in a hundred and forty eighth position, um, it's, it's it's quite interesting. Mister Wright, you, you you quickly scurried away to go and dig up some stats. I'm assuming. Yes, yeah, so what you during the game. Fact. Yeah. Is what you were doing during the game. Fact. I mean, <laughs> I, I, wouldn't have guessed, I wouldn't have guessed 100 places off if I was had the... Uh, no, but that's, no, but that's that's the that's the rogue one where you went for a stupid number to make it look like you weren't cheating. Because so, you clearly had a phone in your hand the whole time. Stupid so, game. BJ, number one golfer in the world, 
2021 PGA Tour season stats. Strokes gained off the tee, 21st. Approach the green, 19th. Around the green, 46th. Putting, putting, um, what did you say putting was? 148th. Okay, that might have changed. I've got something different. 120th I've got here. Um, tee to green, 10th overall. Strokes gained overall, 26th. Like, that is, to be the number one golfer, and he's not in, he's only in the top, He's not in the top 10. Of, oh, he's in the top 10 of T to green overall, but everything else, no. That's quite interesting. Yeah. Isn't it? I guess that probably points to why he's not um, had the same season this year as, as how he finished last because, uh, you know, the putting is, is, is clearly affecting him um, to a point. Malatoris. Whilst you're uh, digging those around, chaps, have you got, uh, before we go back to Chris to, to announce Zalatoris' stats, I don't know whether you're announcing them or whether you're just now just reading off names because you're you're interested in all the stats. <laughs> anyway, apparently I've kicked something off here because if you're watching this on YouTube, you can now see that the boys just aren't looking at me. At <laughs> <laughs> chaps, any more to add uh, on this week? Thank you for playing my wonderful game, by the way. Yeah, I, I, I was, if you joined in at home, I, I, I would love to know if anyone got anywhere near any of those because I know there are some stats there that I it blew my mind and I thought it would be quite entertaining <laughs> reading them off. Um, well, anyway, also needs to improve his putting. Where is he? It was. I was. It was. It was. I'm affiliated now. It was in the hundreds. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got one thing for next week. Uh, I've got a, a what I think is quite fun an idea based around the player improvement. What was it called? The player improvement fund? No, the performance. Performance. Whatever that PGA thing was that was paying players for being in the top 10. Um, I've got an idea and I want to pitch it to you two next and the audience next week. Interesting. All right. Simbo? Nothing more from me. Any rounds booked in, boys, that we uh, expect to be talking about next week? Yes. I'm desperately, desperately, desperately trying to get around in for this weekend. Um <laughs> Because the, the, the sense of FOMO last weekend hit me like a freight train. So uh, I put the I put the, the word out there, um, although I'm slightly complicating it for myself because I am I said Saturday, but now I might not be able to play Saturday, so I might need to play Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing Old Thorns on Friday with uh, three Sunday Red members, so really looking forward to that. Okay, good, good fun course there. And we are off. Uh, actually one of the lads I played with on, on Saturday uh, we are off to play Cottesmore I believe with another oh, nice. nice. Um right guys that about wraps it up for tonight we will see you guys all next week Have a thanks one. very much Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Me and the boys hope you loved this episode. If you did, please do us a huge favour and tell a few of your friends. It will help us increase our audience and help the podcast to grow. This episode is brought to you by Sunday Red Golf, the golf club that all three of us are part of. If you love your golf, you like a bit of banter, and you don't take yourself too seriously, then come and join us at sundayredgolf.co.uk. Also, a big thanks to Tour Champ. If you want to create your own golf league between you and your pals, now you can, for free, over at tourchamp.co.uk.